Do you even know who they are? They're anonymous and interchangeable, same as you've been since you stopped being dead. See, your purpose in life was to be dead. That's when you mattered. That's when you were somebody. And everybody knows. You know it's true. You've never had control of your own life. Well, <laughs> there was one time. DC's Black Label Suicide Squad, Get Joker, by Brian Azzarello. Art by Alex Maleev. Colors by Matt Hollingsworth. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and with me, as always, is my podcast, um, a criminal who's been let go in order to do uh, wet works uh, for a secret government organization, the one, the only. I'm sorry, I was dancing with the devil in the pale moonlight, Josh. <laughs> Travis Ratz here. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast, where Travis and I dive deep into graphic novels or trades, or we shoot the breeze about what's going on in the world of nerddom. On this episode, you are in for a comic book club. Travis and I have been like trying to find the thing to look at. Um, on an episode a little while ago, we talked about how you know this idea of the DC Black Label in three oversized issues becoming one thing was really palatable for us about how we get comic books, right? The idea of like, you know what, just give us a self-contained story. Give us this thing. I don't have to make it a little oversized, right, both in pages and in actual size. Yeah. And, and then I, we don't have to go hunt down, you know, the 10 issues before this arc to really understand what's going on. We can jump right in. And so I said, you know what, let's try this black label book. Let's try uh, suicide squad, get Joker, a DC black label book. Uh, written by, I just had it and then I lost it. Um, Azarello, right? Yeah, Brian yeah. Azzarello. Written by Brian Azarello, with art by Alex Maleev, and colors by Matt Hollingsworth. The the always always good colorist Matt Hollingsworth. Alex Maleev is a great uh, author if, or artist. I feel like uh, Hollingsworth is the equivalent of the smell of your childhood home. Like if you get a, a hint of it, you know, like you're at least safe, you know, you yeah. know that you're at least safe, no matter what the artist and what the writer do, Hollingsworth brings you home, you know? He's got this, like, it's this really, he has a really good, it's, it's painterly, but it's not, right? It's, it feels, it feels digital, but it looks real, you know, it really yeah. watercolor kind of feel to it. It's beginning it's to look a lot like comics. Yeah, it does really have that, and it has, the tone he uses, whatever undertone he uses in his in his digital work, if it's digital, feels a lot like uh, old comic book paper. Right? Yeah. It looks yeah. like old, well it said. Because like, I read like it digital. I read this digital, yeah. and it's still that is you nailed it. The, it looks like texture. Right? Yes, yeah. Hollingsworth, I'm I'm putting this out on the wax, man. Hollingsworth has the ability in his colors to make even digital comic book reading feel tactile, and that, my yeah. friends is an amazing achievement. Yeah, so so we, we're diving into this Black Label book. You know, we've we've talked about a couple Black Label books before. We did Rorschach, which was a Black Label book. Um, we've done a couple different ones. Uh, Wonder and, Woman, Black Label, yeah. uh, Dead Earth. Uh, a, was there a Superman Black Label book? We did? Yeah, we did the Superman. The Miller year, one? Or Millar? Yeah, year one. Superman year one. So we we did Frank uh, Miller. And Superman there was another one. one, too. Man, we've been doing a lot of Black Label. Or maybe we just, we've just been talking so much about Catwoman Black Label book that I maybe, feel maybe like we've done it. Yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, for me, I, I, you know, I really enjoy this format. So I was like, let's try one. Something I wouldn't normally read. I'm not really a Suicide Squad. Neither of us are guy right i didn't read any of the classic suicide squad run eh, both movies were hit or miss for me um but i really do like uh Maliv's art and so i was like let's check it out 
And Azarel has written good stuff. So we dove into it. Travis, you want to kind of lay out what this is about, what this what this book is about? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, so basically, <laughs> uh, I guess, uh, well, I'm not going to uh, pamper people and explain to them, or baby people and explain to them what the Suicide Squad is, right? We got that, that concept of that. Villains yeah. that are recruited by the government as a last chance opportunity to go out there. I just did it. <laughs> uh, you said you Fools! Uh, so the beginning of the twist of this one is we don't get that true dark villain. We get the Red Hood. Yeah, uh, Jason Todd. Jason Todd is locked up, and of course, he gets the Suicide Squad treatment. We need you right. for a mission. But this mission, my friends, is not an ordinary mission. It is the target is the Joker to bring down, to kill. The to Joker. kill Hence, the clown prince of crime. And I don't think we've actually said the actual title of this. We said Suicide Squad. I did. Squad. Get Joker. Suicide oh, get Squad. Joker. Get okay, Joker. Good, yeah. good job. Yeah. Um, so there you have it right there in the title. Uh, and so the, the story follows uh, uh, the Red Hood, um, who is now the a, leader of the Suicide cast Squad. Of, cast of like D-list. Expendable Suicide Squad very, members. Very Suicide Squad. Except for your favorite? Harley Quinn. Yes. You can't. You can't have a DC book if Harley Quinn doesn't show up, I think, right? Right. And so we're following... You gotta put butts in the seats, You gotta, you gotta yeah. put butts in the seats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you, there's a whole scene in here where you give him a full Harley. The full Harley. <laughs> you give him the full Harley. <laughs> uh, and, and so, and so uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna move this through. Actually, yeah. that's good. Because I think we'll talk about, like, I guess yeah. I'm gonna call it a twist in quotes here in a little bit. Yeah, and so we we get the Suicide Squad book. So before we get into this actual story, I want to talk a little bit about the concept of the Suicide Squad. What's good about it? What's bad about it? What does it allow? What are its shortcomings? Uh, so, I, you know, I for me, the Suicide Squad, as it is used now, this idea of like, well, we can throw a bunch of random the dirty characters dozen. together. The Dirty Dozen, right? It gives you that sort of like, underdog story characters who don't have to do all the good things who can be rough right who can be a little dark um and it lets you put them through their paces and see how they react when you put them in a hero's role and spoiler alert it they act like villains still right even even though they're sent on a mission to maybe help people they do it in a way that is you know dark and we love that dark superhero, right? It, if since the late '80s, '90s, we 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 love this thing—the image, comic thing, the very like um, dark tale of superheroes. Whether you're looking at the Watchmen or you're looking at you know all of um, you know this exploration of superheroes are who aren't black and white, who aren't this archetype like. A Superman, right? right? And we really get to explore what that looks like. I think this gives you an opportunity to do that in a fun way. I think it also gives the opportunity to kill whoever you want because you've filled it with characters who don't matter. And this is a black label book, so it matters even less because if they die here, who cares? It's a it's a story all on its own, mm -hmm. right? What do you think are some of the bonuses of of the Suicide Squad? What are some of the things that work? That's actually you? a great question. Uh, great question, Josh. This is why <laughs> I keep you around. Um, I appreciate it. So uh, I think I agree with everything you said. And I want to add to that. I think in particular, having like a Dirty Dozen type of squad story on the DC uh, universe is actually really cool because uh, DC has some great villains, but Marvel, you know, like humanizes their heroes. I mean, that's kind of what they got, you know, famous for yeah. is giving the human side of it. But they also do yeah. that to their villains a lot, too, like Doctor Doom and, and things like that. Yeah. DC, a little bit less so, but they still have these really kind of great backstories or powers to their villains or really cool attitudes. So the Suicide Squad in particular with DC, I feel like allow that they allow that label, which sometimes doesn't up until recently, the last 20 years or so. Yeah. Didn't really have the ability to go in and kind of explore the human side of their villains. Let let them kind of um, let us kind of just walk with them a little bit more, you know, like pull the curtain back a little bit more with them. So I think in particular yeah. that this was a really wise concept. I don't actually don't know how far back Suicide Squad goes. I'll, I'll look that up next next time yeah, it uh, goes, you're, it you're goes, giving. It's at it least 30 years, right? 
so so what we've got so our ragtag tag team that we get again the 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 sort of bonus of something like this both black label and suicide squad is that you get to pull just rando characters in right some you might know some you might not there's somewhere firefly know him right i can do that one banshee no clue who that is looks cool cool See, looking character yeah seen before you know? but i don't remember where yeah uh pebbles no idea no you know like don't know one. who that is Mew Mew or meow meow don't know her don't know her um uh, the next one where's her name uh plastique i think i've heard the name before wild dog i know that one i know wild dog and then yonder man which is just a hilarious name mm-hmm. and uh harley quinn plus the red hood that's our team <clears throat> that's our team up it allows us to kind of pull in these characters that you don't know i think the fun thing about it is to add to something that's good about it is we always talk about the idea of like sometimes you know we do our pitch club or, or we read this stuff and you get to dump your toys out right and you go oh this character can do this this character can do this i want this power on my team i want this power on my team i want this sort of energy on my team and i think it is sometimes even a little more i mean that's what the justice league lets us do right mm-hmm. when you think of like how many members have been in the justice league over time but they're all good when you get to do this you get some rough characters who also you can pick and choose little what's their attitude what's their what's their power what's this to kind of build your ultimate you know squad to mm-hmm. go in and take care of business Right, and there's that sense too, and it is pretty cool. I mean, it's the trope every time, and I feel yeah. like as I was reading the beginning of this, with the they have to re-explain the like how the Suicide Squad works. Right. Well, how can we have you on a leash? Well, we've injected something into your brain that we can control from a buzzer that will explode you. You know, uh, yeah. so I mean, right off the bat, it feels like you can just jump into a Suicide Squad book. You have to have that obligatory exposition mm-hmm. about how it works but now they're so smooth with it they can do it in like six pages right you know? i'd really i it's very like escape from new york escape mm-hmm. from la right it's very like snake pliskin we've we if you don't get out in time we kill you right that sort of thing i would like to see that i would like to see suicide squad nope you got to go to arkham asylum and you got to break in and this you know what I, but this didn't feel as contained they got to kind of go all over the place. But I think that that would be an interesting way to do it. It's I would really, love a Kurt Russell really... Suicide Squad. Let's see. We have uh, Jack Burton from uh, Big Trouble Little China. <laughs> you have uh, uh, Snake Listen. You have uh, um, the guy when he played, like, was it Universal Soldier or the, yeah. the Soldier <laughs> yeah. one? Yeah. Uh, then you have the old bearded one from uh, Hateful Eight. Uh, yeah. You got a good Kurt Russell you Suicide do. Squad. That'd be pretty good. Um, so, I mean, we get into the story and we do this, and this is where, for me, um, suicide, the concept of Suicide Squad can go wrong. Douchey. It can go douchey. Let's just, be, let's just, go, let's just put it, let's just lay our cards. Yeah, yeah. It, it can. It can go douchey. And I think we get that in particular with, like, two characters. And I think they're written that way on purpose. Uh, um, yeah. Mainly, One of these characters is going to take a long, a deeper dive into. Go ahead, Josh. Hit it. Wild Dog <laughs> yeah. is that character, right? Wild Dog ends up being, there's a throwaway line where it talks about him being at the January 6th oh, insurrection. I'm so worried right? about this Wild Dog character. Right? It's being it is, written like as a critique, but... But I mean, it comes off like, oh, I got the Wild Dog logo on my truck now, right? Right, and the look of him is so, you can buy that look. At, yes. like, like a, a, a trip to Walmart, and I worry about that, Josh. <laughs> I, 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 I write it, we, the Batman movie with everybody like Riddler, right? Yeah, it feels it feels very much like I get it. Azarello is writing it as a see this dude thinks he's good, right? This concept of like Wild Dog thinks he's good, but he's actually terrible. So I'm gonna give you all these hints about how he's terrible, right? Yeah. He was at the insurrection, the the shitty things he says, right? Like the just the like douchey yeah, so, things. Like let's bring it back, pull for the audience. If you yeah. haven't read the seniors listening to us, so he's basically like a proud boy. Wild dog is like a yes. kind of like a proud boy type character, right? Yeah. So and and it just it feels very much like I get that he is poking that and he's like using it as like, see, he's the suicide squad is bad, right? You think wild dog's good. You think being a vigilante is good because the red hood, right. Or like Batman's a vigilante, but this guy's a vigilante and he's terrible. Yeah. Right. 
uh, or at least in my in, in my opinion, and I, I, I terrible, right? Like they, they've met him, they've bad. written him as the sloppiest buffoonish character. Right. And, but the unfortunate thing is that there's someone reading this who's like, hell yeah, wild dog. Not just someone. Right? When we look at, um, I mean, Suicide Squad, I mean, great concept. And it's been used in different mediums to, uh, 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 to great effect. But it also does feel like a college dorm room poster uh, of a story yeah. team as well. And so that audience is also buying it the same it's the whole punisher thing right like right punisher yeah. is used as a way to talk about like vets and ptsd it's not a way to celebrate vigilanteism uh right and, and it's like it's written as a critique of uh law enforcement and a critique of you know uh corruption but it's been co-opted to mean something different right yeah and wild dog isn't doesn't have that depth wild dog in here is just kind of like a buffoonish sidekick that you're supposed to like wild dog jesus wild dog you know yeah um but i i think that that's the thing that it veers into that i think some of the stuff in both movies and i didn't watch all of peacemaker but parts of peacemaker dive into this sort of like um, you we're, we're trying to make the suicide. We're trying to make an edgy thing. And remember, when we went back and read Spawn not too long ago. Mm-hmm. We went rack, back and read like the first little six issue arc of Spawn. And both you and I talked about how like it felt like McFarlane was writing for you and I. Yeah. What 11 year olds would think is cool. Right. I feel that like the Suicide Squad, although funny at times, and I think Peacemaker, the stuff that I watched was funny. I think it has this sensibility of like derate Tarantino, like yeah, uh, and like like, add dick and fart jokes, right? Like that sort of that sort of thing where I go like I just like parts of it. I'm like, oh, that's clever. I really like that. And then all of a sudden, you get punched in the face with like, um. Harley Quinn flipping off the camera. And I go, you know, I didn't, I didn't finish Peacemaker either. And I remember watching the first one. I was like, oh, it's funny. I was laughing at the jokes. And I just stopped watching it. Not, I didn't like, it wasn't a purposeful thing. And I really don't have any inclination to go back to it. And, yeah. and it's very weird. I was reading this, this Suicide Squad book. And, you know, I mean, we're, we're gonna, definitely going to talk about the art because I think it's, it's fabulous in this. But um, the story itself, like the characters are just so... Like, I don't even know how to say it, but like, as you said, because I'm trying to offend anyone. They're all cliche. Really They're yeah, all cliche. cliche. Yes, cliche. Cliche, exactly. And, but, you know, like, some of my favorite stuff that I, like, Garth Ennis stuff, you know, like, The Boys. Right. Like, and I, was, I kept thinking about, like, why do I like The Boys better than I like Suicide Squad? Because, I don't know, maybe they have, they have heart... His, Ennis, at, at the end of the day, all the dick and fart jokes, all like like the meat puppets getting stuffed in weird places, there's a tremendous amount of heart in it and mm-hmm. sincerity. And I think heart and sincerity go a long way. Right. And I think I think this is the this is reading this. I think Azarello has all the beats that he's trying to do, but I think here's the limitation of Black Label. He needed four issues or five issues to do this. Right. It felt like it jumped. It felt like oh, yeah. Boy, an it. editor cut something out. There was like, I felt like I, I missed a, a page somewhere. Um, and I just think that that Honestly, is... it felt like a Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it was, I, I just felt very much like, okay, I see where this is going. And all of a sudden it would turn on a dime to the next scene. But it, what it missed is it missed the movie wipe, right? Right. It felt like I we missed the zoom in with the big letters on the screen that say 24 hours later, Gotham City Motors, right? Like hideout of, you know, where it would flash on the screen and tell you like uh, ice cream or the toy man's base of operation, right? Boom. And it yeah. would do that. And the, the, the their helicopter would fly through the O in toy machine and you would... Like you'd know where you're at. I felt like it 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 missed those transitions that the pacing of it felt movie paced, right? Yeah. The pacing of it felt movie paced. It felt like the weird pacing of that first um the first Suicide Squad movie where all of a sudden you're like, 
oh, okay, so now we're inside of the building. We were just talking outside of the building a second ago, and now we're, you know, three stories up into the, yeah. <laughs> into the, into the tower, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it missed a train. I think it missed those transitions to cue you into the scene where they were at and what was going on. I agree. I, I will say that there's some good stuff in this book. I feel like there is so much potential set up in this book, yes. but it's tried to do so much. First of all, having Jason Todd be in this, like that locked up in the suicide squad. Perfect. Great. And Perfect. at the end, we'll talk about this. So I want to go in deeper mm, about yes. the benefits of having Jason Todd as, as it, there is this very meta conversation that we have yes. about Jason Todd that we'll talk about, which I thought was chef's kiss. Right. Uh, and I, and, and should we talk about I that think, right now? Should we just talk about it right now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's, ahead. let's talk about, let's talk about the story as Jason Todd as the choice to run this great because he has a big giant backstory. You know him, right? Mm. Firefly can't lead this because then you have to spend five years explaining who Firefly is, right? We've already had Harley Quinn be kind of like, you know, the leader kind of, of a, suicide squad. Yeah, for sure. Not really the leader, but, actually, but she, you know she, I mean? and there's some books where she's led the suicide yeah. squad for yeah. sure. And so, but I think Jason Todd is like a really good choice because he has all this weight behind him. You knew, you know, that he was the good guy or like, you know, he was with Batman. He has all these capabilities. He's all this and all that. But what happened to him with red hood gives you that edge, gives you that darkness. And so you get a character. You don't have to spend time building up his arc because it's it's already before him right right if you had taken um any other character in this group and said okay we've they're going to be our main character even harley quinn you have to build this 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 thing before her or at least keep flashing back to it and we don't really have to do that with jason todd we know if you're if you're a comic book reader you know even with the little bit they give you at the beginning, you're like, oh, he was a Robin? Boom, got it. I know what that means, right? Right, yeah, and it's not so far off enough that they, they're they not making, like, Nightwing or Dick Grayson. Right. Uh, the, the, then you're like, oh, okay, but, like, wouldn't, would the government really just, like, he's thrown in jail one time, would they suicide squad him? You know, right. like, Red Hood right. is just like, oh, yeah, this is what happens when you keep being bad, Jason. Jason Todd. Yeah. Jason. Uh, Jason. If Jason, look at me. Mm -hmm. If you don't get stop off the doing shed, that, Jason. Or I will suicide squad you, Jason. I will suicide squad you. <laughs> get off the I'm shed. Gonna start, <laughs> I'm going to start using that. Uh, I'm going to suicide squad you. Oh, if don't you don't do that. No. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that he's a really great choice for this. And um, I think my issue with it is. Oh, can we, that... can we, before we, before we yeah, 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 get yeah, into I'm the sorry. issue, yeah. can we talk yeah. about what I think what it almost made it like worthwhile yes. because they yeah. make, they make Jason Todd, uh, the, uh, leader and the whole time right. it's going through and it's just not connecting. it could have really been anyone, you know, like he's had yeah. a history with the Joker. I mean, the Joker killed them and, and their first interactions, you don't get that kind of dread. There's this great kind of scene where it's like, they describe what it's like when Joker walks in the room, but that's a not, real, I was a really good yeah. piece. I really like that. Right. Like the rat. Yeah, the rat dropped in the snake's cage. Right, you know that something bad's because happen. as a reader, you're like, oh yeah, I, I. Every time I turn the page, the Joker comes on. That's how I feel. I can't imagine yeah. what he'd be like if he walked in a bar I was at. <laughs> right, uh, but at, um, the, at the end, uh, there is this conversation between the Joker and Jason Todd, where they're just like, "You were more valuable." I'm paraphrasing this. You were yeah. more important debt. You were more valuable debt. Right, you should have stayed dead, and of course, as yeah, we since, know, the since you, go ahead. Uh, it's, he says, um, since you stopped being, uh, oh, exactly, they're anonymous and interchangeable, same as you. Since you stopped being dead, see, your purpose in life was to be dead. That's when you mattered. That's when you were somebody, and everybody knows. And that's so meta, right? Because that's what, right. like, the first time in like comics, like, oh my god, you killed off like this. Beloved yes. side, iconic sidekick. And, and I guess it's not, I mean, this is not a far reach. This is not like literary analysis of, of this book. No. But I thought, I thought at that moment and the earlier moment where he walks in the bar and, and he describes the Joker walking in. Because he has all this means, history with him, right? That's why I'm like, oh, that's why Jason Todd is the leader of this suicide squad for this get yeah. Joker thing. But yeah. the rest of the book, I didn't feel that that was utilized. It did. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't it didn't need to be there. Right. It didn't, he didn't feel like he was the best character except for that 
beginning part and that end part. Those two felt like they were earned and like it was there. Um, I think for me, one of the things that kind of like, I think one of the issues with this being, and maybe it's just, maybe you don't need to give anybody a backstory because really if media, you know, when we talk about the, 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 the movie version of suicide squad, both films essentially being, Oh yeah, there's one, there's like two people who are held over from the other movie. Everybody else is brand new and they're all going to die. It doesn't matter. Right? right. Like the, like it's a joke of the deaths in suicide squad that doesn't happen in this one. I thought for sure we'd see more like goofy ways for them because to it's, die. A, it's a black label book. It doesn't matter. You would think if you're going to kill anyone, uh, in a suicide book, which they do in like the main series or movies all the time, yeah. you would think in a three issue limited black label book, you would it would be like death, 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 and it wouldn't be like oh they just shot her like yeah. plastique. Just I now I guess like the cool thing about plastique is she's she's like throw okay I'm dead I'm gonna die throw me at that car right yeah yeah and yeah. that's kind of funny but even that didn't play as silly as I think it would in it would in the movie, right? I think this tried to toe the line maybe too much between serious and silly, right? Yeah. It tried to be silly like the movies, but it was like, yeah, we're not going to go that, we're not going to James gun it, right? right? We're not going to go that far into it. We're going to pull it back a little bit. We're going to be a little more serious. And, and, and you know, uh, Jason Todd is our grounded leader, right? Right. And I don't think it walked that line very well. I think Azarello is a great writer. I loved his Wonder Woman with Cliff Chang. I love some of the other work he's done. But this felt rushed and it felt like I wanted it to be serious, but we didn't give enough backstory to any of these other characters. Mm -hmm. Right? We didn't spend enough time understanding them. If we wanted this to feel more serious, I think we needed to spend more time with with these people. An example of what Josh is saying is in this book, uh, one of the more sympathetic characters on the Suicide Squad is this guy named Yonder, right? Who yeah. actually wanted to use his powers for good, but like things happen, like he was going to be like the blue Yonder, right? And I think he's one of the first to like get it. And there's a sense, I think they give it like six or seven panels and it just doesn't hit because we just don't know enough about this guy other than a few quips and a brief, right. a brief little summary about how he chose his name. You yeah, know. and the same thing for like Pebbles, right? We yeah. get this sort of like, yeah, all those he gives this line about how every superhero's name it's very meta again, every superhero's name black something was named by some white guy, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. I'm like, oh, that that I, that that's that sort of grounded sort of thing we want, but we don't spend enough time. There's a weed joke. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. We got we got to do the weed joke, right? So we do that and then we leave it. And then, like, he dies, they use armor-piercing bullets to, like, kill him. Yeah. Right? And just to tear him up. And then there's, like, a line that's, like, he really lived up to his name, Pebbles. Right? Like, it it wanted to, like, land and be goofy, but it just, I don't know, there was something about it that just wasn't hitting for me. Yeah, and the old, like, the, in the old days, what they probably would have done is that they were going to do this run you would have the main story of the Suicide Squad, but then like little mini issues uh, of each of the members like split in between those those pages. So it'd be like yeah. the story continues, but here are like six pages on Pebbles in this one. Like he gets a little bit right. more of the spotlight, right? You know, right? And because we do it in three oversized issues, we we lose the ability to do that, and and I think that that's part of it. What do you think about the way the Joker's is being used in this this idea of like the Russians just want him to sow chaos. And so well, they throw money at him and let him do whatever he wants. The, the, the Russians, that, that thing I thought was just a plot device, but I thought was actually kind of cool. It's like an instrument of chaos. We don't really know what the plot was behind right. it, but what I thought was like, Oh, this is interesting. And maybe forgive me. I haven't read a lot of suicide squad. This has happened before, but the idea of suicide squad are villains. They are hired by the U.S. government to do this thing. But what if they are then hijacked back by a villain? Like, what if you yeah. take, like, that that nuclear bomb that is the Suicide Squad and you put it in the hands of a villain? The, the tricky part with this is... We didn't get to see it. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why I thought they were going. 
right? And the tricky part yeah. also of that, and I, I thought the drama would be that, okay, the Joker gets a hold of them. We know, because they're villains, so they're like, hey, man, if if you get linked up with the Joker, like Wild Dog feels to me like if the Joker was like, hey, I'm in control of you, you're one of mine now, he'd be like, sweet. You're like, right, you want me to yeah. wreck the government? You yeah. got it, right? And any villain worth their salt would be like, I mean, other than the weird, like you probably will die working for the Joker. But um, <laughs> it seems like a, that's like a villain's dream come true to work for the, the best of the best. That's right. why I thought they made Jason Todd there because he is conflicted. He won't just work for him. Same with Harley Quinn. But the others, right. not so much. So I thought the use of the Joker was set up to be used in a very cool way. Yeah. But just didn't have enough time. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it just didn't have enough time. And I think that's like the thing where I go like, okay, this is maybe maybe where three-issue black label, four-issue black label book didn't do it, right? This is maybe it, where we it, see the 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 fault in it, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Is we we see that issue where it, where it's not there all the way. And and for me, I I I I the twist is that the Suicide Squad has another suicide squad sent against them. And it's the one, you know, right. Yeah. It's like peacemakers there. And isn't it Idris Elba's character? It looks They're like. all like is silhouettes, it? like dead shot. Yeah. And you know, all yeah. these characters um, in there, they get, they have no interactions really verbally with any of the characters. Right. And so that even felt a little like, okay, I, yeah, I get it. But it, I felt Harley like Quinn wanted... gives a throwaway line. Like, Oh, I think I've worked with some of them before. Yeah, which kind of so negates it, any relationship that <laughs> builds in Suicide Squad. Yeah, so it felt very much like it felt very much like okay, um, I see what you wanted to do. I think maybe the set pieces were too big. We did one thing too many in the story arc in order mm. to get to this piece, um, and it makes me wonder: like, was the whole? Th so let's just go to the end. Did Joker get that so that Jason Todd would come to him? so we could get Jason Todd to kill himself again, right? Did he not really want to use the Suicide Squad? Like, your thought of, like, look, a villain is using the Suicide Squad. He has control of them. Was yeah. Joker's purpose, like, no, I just, Jason Todd's alive. He shouldn't be alive. I killed him. I'm going to kill him again. That seems more Batman Joker, right? That seems more right. like, the, that, that seems more like why he's the clown prince of crime, is because he's right. always, you think he's doing this, but he's actually doing this, but he's actually not even doing that. He's doing this other thing that you have no idea. Uh, right. And I, I like that. I think it felt like they had like an O. Henry ending and then they had to structure a story around it. Yes. I'm also wondering like, so who died? It's the, like, the because, killing, the killing joke, right? Like, right. Because at the same time, um, like Jason Todd has a gun. Joker has a gun. Right. Mm -hmm. It's in Joker's lap. Jason Todd has one in his hand. And he says, by the way, there's only one bullet left in that gun. Right. In Jason Todd's gun. Yeah. And it ends with the blam. And we don't know. Right. We see Harley Quinn cry. But is Harley Quinn crying because of Jason Todd? Is she crying because of the Joker? That's the that's the thing. That's the spinning top at the end of. Yeah. You and, know, I, and I wish they didn't do that. I, I wish they would have just had Jason Todd do it. And just been like that thing. They set up one. It's called the Suicide Squad, right? right. Two. Uh, they set that up, and that's kind of like the big ending speech about that. And as an audience, you're like, oh, that makes sense. That's pretty deep. That like kind of hits me. You're right. Like maybe. And then you, as an audience, you're thinking like, yeah, maybe it would have been better if there was no freaking Red Hood. I'm not a big Red Hood fan. I don't know. You know, <laughs> like I'm just like yeah. this character doesn't seem like he has much value. He's much better as this thing yeah. that that Batman broods over and is never able to to recorrect. So that's what uh, I thought would be really cool. However, you know, just put it on Front Street. I mean, Harley Quinn has this great line where she's like, I can't go over there with you. He knows how to say the he right thing. He knows things. the right thing to say, right? So yeah. we already set that up and... I think that's a much more of a powerful ending if, if we're not if meant to think it. about it, but we're meant to sit in it. I want to sit in it, not speculate on it. Does that make sense? Right. And I would rather like that last panel is like the, the rising sun, right? I would much rather like it's the rising sun, but 
you see the silhouette of Jason Todd on the beach, right? right. You see him down, right? Yeah. Or if you wanted it, you see the Joker down and yeah. you see like, no, Jason Todd is overcome this inability to, to like, he does matter. Yeah. Right? Also, Joker um, taking a victory drink from his little Mai Tai. <laughs> right. That would have been it too, right? You see the blam and at the end, you see the Joker still propped up. But, you know, like yeah. some, something. I, there was there was that piece of it missing. Let's talk art, man. Let, let's talk uh, how wonderful Maleev and Hollingsworth are as a team. Yeah. Holy cow. This is a gorgeous, gorgeous book. And, and we've talked about this before. The idea of, you know, can art, does really, really good art get us passing story by, right? Because I will tell you, um, I would have read the beginning of this with a different artist and I probably would have gone, I don't need to finish it. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, the arts, it keeps you through it. Yeah. He's so good. It looks so good the whole time. The colors are good. The facial acting is good. The very you know, sparse like, backgrounds. There's usually not a lot right. happening in the background, which doesn't feel like it really takes place anywhere. Just kind of like nebulous locations. Uh, right, but like but, there's, but there's, uh, there's enough in there. Like like he'll set up like the strip club, uh, with like a a good like bar shot in the pole. But then it'll just be like colors in the background, you know. And yeah. we're focusing on the the and it heroes. sets it sets mood right. It yeah. lets us set mood of what's going on in that location more than you know needing to to like draw all the details. And what that lets you do is it lets you really focus in on those those the facial acting of of the folks he's using right right of the characters we get to see them spotlighted um and i really i really did appreciate that i i thought that that was kind of a really it's a really good use of color to evoke a mood right the strip club has that pinky purple glow to it right Mm -hmm. um the and then when he uses the lights they're like these circles of yellow or circles of white that are in there right when you go outside at night everything's at that blue tinge until we get the the explosion and the gunshots and then you get orange and you he he and hollingsworth work so well together to kind of set a mood for this and just make it make it sing as art it is it is just it looks great it it's what drove me to read the whole thing was just wanting to see, okay, what does he do? How does he make this character look? Who's he bringing in? What's this next thing? You know, well, let's, take, let's take a look, uh, take, talk about that for a second because, uh, and uh, you know, forgive me for not being, keeping up with the bat books and stuff like that. I've been busy, but um, is this Joker design? Is this continuing from anything outside of this? Because this is one of my favorite Joker designs, honestly. It feels very much like a cleaner version of Suicide Squad Joker, right? The 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 one from the first movie with the tattoos all over the face. It feels like that, but better. Yeah. Well, what's you know? that famous clown archetype? Oh gosh, no, this is a drama. Pagliacci. Pagliacci. It feels a little Pagliacci, and I love the devil horns in that one thing. I like the yeah. all white on there. It does feel. It does have that nod to the movie uh, Joker with the kind of undercut on there. But really, yeah. I love this sense of of draping him in this all white. And, and then and that feels very much no like eyebrows, uh, killing, no eyebrows joke, instead it's right? the horns, you know, so yeah, the, horns the killing the... joke Joker, mm-hmm. right. That sort of like Hawaiian loungy where he feels like Miami vice Joker here. Miami right? vice. Yeah. Pagliacci um, vice. <laughs> but I thought it was a really kind of cool design The the nose kind of being this darkened thing. It was, it was like, okay, well that's an interesting choice. Like a very shadowed looking, piece of it at one point he comes in when he when they get rid of waller uh he's dressed like um the reason why he has that sort of open loose button thing is because he's dressed like uh a clockwork orange yeah right? he comes in with the hat on hey, and the cod- ultra violence and then he's like yes he cut the cod piece on i mean he loses the cod piece later you see him sort of like kind of stripped down from this look that well, I'm sure he's had suspender- to pee between killing. Right. Uh, yeah. Even, yeah. Right. And I, I just, like, he walks into the bar and it's that whole scene where the jokers were, at, um, 
Red Hood is discussing Jason Todd's like, oh, O is an O shit. It was hard to describe what overcomes you when he steps into the room. And that shot of the Joker, like his hands out, just covered in blood. He's just like, hey, what's up, everybody? Like he's just kind of strolling in. The art fits that so well. And then two women like give him towels to wipe off his hands as he's walking into the club. Like, and he's cleaning his hands as he makes his way to Jason Todd. And he says that line to him, like, it's killing me not to kill you again. Right. This very yeah. sort of, you can almost you know, hear him like whisper it. It's killing me not to kill you again. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, so like, especially like strip club, you know, it's going to be sensual, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought that design was really good. What about, what about our, none of the other villains felt different. None of their designs. I mean, I don't really know them well. I, I'd have to go look, but the wild dog one looks very much like wild dog. Right. right. Um, meow meow is a really interesting kind of fun one. I'm sure he had a great time with like with the right. t- mouth tentacles and the, there is this real, we get a little bit of a backstory, which again, doesn't come to any sort of, Yes. Fruition, yeah. but this idea that she was a prostitute, uh, and the sense she got of a little carried away, you know. And like what that because it, it automatically you look at the visuals and you think about wait, you were this, and then they're like some people have kinks, and so like it forces the reader to go to like dark places in their imagination, and you're like, Jesus, yeah. like I don't take yeah. me here, Azarello. Come on, man. Right. Um, um but everybody else was just plain clothes. I thought the Harley Quinn design um was I, for a character that folks often, if you think about like the Harley Quinn movie, right. Mm -hmm. Where you take Harley Quinn and you go over the top with what she looks like, right. You really amplify the sort of fashion of it. No, just, just the the, the (laughs) the fashion of it. When we get that, in that Harley Quinn movie, this one is like very, nope, we're going to, it's, we're just going to take it way down. Right. And even like, so again, we have to mention that in this point, there is a strip club scene where Harley is uh, manipulated by the Joker into stripping for him. And that in a black label book could have gone. Actually, I think that would have been much more like off the wall and just like that in a regular Suicide Squad book than what was done here. Yes, like the whole setting of the situation is a little bit gratuitous, but the art. The art tempers that down a little bit. So I wasn't just like, okay, are we just, is this whole scene just to, so that fanboys can see Harley Quinn in a, doing a lap <laughs> and, dance? And yeah. But she, that's the moment where we see that it pays off in the end. She's like, I can't go there to see the Joker. Right. Cause she can't kill him here. She has the, the opportunity. The razor she blade, has the razor which is a really blade. cool way to kind of use that stripping scene yeah. to put her into, uh, uh, position to kill him yeah um but it is just a, it's just a, it's a gorgeous book the the when there's the the scene where the uh toy man snaps yonder's neck in the in the the uh cr- the crack is the the sound effect and the sound effects when 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 he we put the sound effects in they look cool like all of the gunshots and all the blams they all they it's comic booky, but it has this realism because of the art style, but it's not the like super photorealistic to kind of take you out of it. It, the art is fantastic. The art is well worth the price of admission. If you just want to flip through it and look at it, it's gorgeous. Did, after flipping through, did you find one that you really liked the panel? Uh, yeah, for me, I think one of my, one of my panels is early on. Uh, and I'm curious if we did. I don't no. think we both cheated because we wouldn't have cheated each other. No. Uh, but I, mine is really early on. It's the scene where Batman is holding Jason Todd. It's that famous homage to, you know, classic comic books. It is a great looking Batman. I love the I love that it looks, you know, classic, that yellow with the the black bat on it. Uh, and he's like just yelling and he has crushed beaten bloodied jason todd in his arms it's like the, that's a great know, one yeah i remember i turned that third like, oh. page or something i like said that. we might have a story here when i turned yeah. that page yeah yeah so I mean, I it's so iconic really it's, it's like a cover of a of a song right. you love right yeah 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 uh my, how about you what's your what's your i panel? mean i maybe i'm just missing the beach uh but it's definitely gotta ah. be one of the beach panels uh i think in particular 151 oh excuse me uh one um uh, 50, 152 
in the top panel here, it's it's a cutoff. It's the uh, oh, yeah. Joker on there. And so there's a couple panels of the Joker in the white and, and Jason Todd on the beach. But that one in particular, I really like that. I always kind of like it when they cut off stuff. I like how yeah. like it's very... Um, uh, it's cinematic, right? It's cinematic, you're, you're closed yeah. in, you're... You're not seeing, you don't really see Jason Todd. You see the silhouette and you kind of see a little bit, oh, there's a gun in his hand, right? Yeah, it's a, there's you know? a sense of that, that that first one of the Joker kind of leaning in there. You get the white of that. You see the gun in his hand. And I just kind of like, everything's kind of cut off. It, it feels like, it feels like the panel is daring you in its structure not to pay attention to it. And right. those are sometimes the panels where you're like, oh, there's a gun back there. And like, he is not... He's uh, he's purposely off guard, you know, like he's got a plan. Right. Um, and I really do like so when we look at those last one, two, three, four pages, those last four pages are all set in that wide lens. Dawn shot. wide lens, yep. Right? So four panels, four panels, four panels, three panels right right it it sets up this sort of like the pacing is slow you get the big wide shot you get to kind of slow the pace of the story down and i i really i love when comic books do that well we've talked about the idea of how sometimes comic books allow you to do bullet time Mm -hmm. and you get to see like you get to really pace moments and it's usually use it with it's something really mundane or something really cool where you're like nope he flicks it here and in this panel, you see every movement of it. This version of it sets up that cinema quality. Right. Where it really does feel like the end of the movie, right? The sun is coming up. You know, you get the horizon line. You zoom in closer. You zoom in. You zoom, Like the first page. That, this is like perfect camera. You, like that page, the last four pages, you zoom in close up to see both of their faces. You come from the back. The camera swings around. You zoom in on their faces. You pull back out, zoom back in closer, closer, closer until you see the gun in his belt. And then you pull the camera away to Harley Quinn with the yeah. blam in the background. And then you pull farther away. And right. I, it's a really, it's a really, you can feel the motion of the camera as it comes into this intimate moment between the two of them where he says this to him about, you know, you mattered more when you were dead. And then you know what you need to do. Then you pull back out. And then you switch the camera away right when the incident happens. Yeah, and the way you describe it, like, like I think this could have been, this could be an iconic book if it wasn't all that. But if there were six or seven four-page scenes that had that kind of weight to it, like that, that kind fe- of uh, attention. I think had you. I think it was the other characters around Jason Todd. I think Harley Quinn and Jason Todd make this good foil of like, can either of them go through with killing Joker? Right. Mm -hmm. Cause they're so intimately connected to Joker. Everybody else just felt. I think you needed three. I think you could done. Who says suicide squad has to be like, I don't know what number makes up a squad, but if you had (laughs) Jason Todd, uh, um, uh, Harley Quinn and wild dog, I think the dynamics of those would have been pretty good. Um, some good be- opportunity for betrayal by Wild Dog in there. Harley Quinn. I think you and, could have juxtaposed Jason uh, uh, commiserating on their shared trauma, uh, and then going from there. I think you could have really did, done the juxtaposition of Wild Dog as vigilante versus Jason Todd as vigilante. Had you had more space for the two of them, right? Right. So I, I think there's like a really good idea and a good beginning and an end to this it just loses it in the middle but it's so damn beautiful that if you want to pick it up just to stare at it and read the beginning of it and the end of it you'd get a really tight you think about it it could be a really good even shorter story right right yeah if you could if you could take the the middle third out of it or switch it somehow right you could get that moment. I think I think you go like a couple of those characters get picked up. They go to this strip club. They and that's where it all takes place. It all takes place in one evening. I doesn't have to be the strip club, but that was a cool yeah. set uh, they had there where you can just take them through interacting with those the, those characters and more deep, meaningful conversations. And then it ends at dawn. 
You know, so it's, it's from dusk till dawn, Josh. All right, so yeah, what about is. this? I want to pitch a picture. Oh man, I want to pitch a movie that takes place in this strip club that starts at dusk and then it mm. ends ends at dawn. At dawn. Wow, I guess I never really re- like. There's I, there is a lot of like there is a lot of you can feel everything that's kind of being pulled into this. I think it. I think it is hampered by the media of Suicide Squad. So it had to be something that maybe it didn't have to be. Yeah. Because we if, put Suicide Squad. I don't know. I don't it. know who the other. I, it feels very editorial in like the final product. Like along the way, there was someone kind of being like, oh, but, well, can we get another member that we can throw in here? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I get it. But overall, um, enjoyable, beautiful to yeah. look at. Yeah. Good I mean, that's who you recommended to, right? It's like, hey. Yeah. Do you want to see some really cool action scenes and like a really like if you're a Joker collector, like people are right. You got to right. have if, this. I think it, I think it, I think it stands up with the best renditions of a Joker, the Joker. And we think about like media consumption, right? Right now, if you want to rent a movie at home um, that's in the theater right now, it's going to cost you 20 bucks, right? right? If you want to go out to the movies and get your soda and your popcorn and do that, it's going to cost you. 20 some dollars. So for me, for the media consumption of this, this book, which I read this morning in about the same amount of time it would have taken me to read or watch a suicide squad movie. I read it last night. Um, I get, I get to hold it. I get to check out that Joker scene again when I'm like, Oh man, I, I just want to, it's on my shelf so I can go. I just want to see that art and I can mm-hmm. pull it off. I can thumb through it and take a look at it. Um, I think it's worth your, if that's how you consume media, if you're okay with the $20 price tag to consume media, I don't see why you don't get yeah. it. If, if you want to see beautiful art and you, and you want to see a portrayal of the Joker, I think this is a it's it's not a bad way to go. Yeah. And it opens up like thinking it it, it does ask an interesting question uh, is like should this character who's now lived like a second, third, fourth life <coughs> it, it's should comics sometimes sacrifice their pawn they and just, just and just die and just not come back. <coughs> so in, I in, think this is where in the media. I, I think this is where I think this is where we're at, Travis. Our next pitch club is pitch a suicide squad? Mm. Oh, no, we already said our next pitch club. Pitch club is a, a Halloween related pitch club. Oh, that's right, Halloween related pitch club. All <laughs> we right. can switch it up because right. I guess Suicide Squad is pretty dark, so we can we can switch it up. We'll talk off air. We'll talk. Later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, folks, we want to thank you for tuning in and listening. You know that you can find the uh, the uh, shows on your favorite podcast app or over at comicexposure.com. Uh, we're reading the books. We're talking about them. Uh, we are getting close to October in spooky book season. We have our book picked. I think it's called, I want to say Cold Bodies, I think is the name of the spooky book this I actually year. I forgot, but yeah. Okay, good. You got it. And it Cold Bodies sounds right. Uh, we are going to have a spooky book guest on um a friend of the pod who's been on a couple of times to do books with us and who loves horror movies uh andrea consolvi is going to be on to do uh cold bodies with us it's going to be a good conversation uh and on that episode we're going to have like spooky book and i think a pitch club all in one. Oh, we do oh uh, extra are we doing like an extra long i'm I'm down for it i I think we make it happen i think we do i think that story leads us into a spooky book you know what I feel like our guest with that particular uh, pitch club yeah. that I mentioned would be all aboard pitching. Uh, uh, I think so. That All right. I think so. All right. So, folks, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next trade.